0: Welcome to the Gym Life Podcast. In this episode, I sit down with my senior media director from Gym Supplement Science, Mikey Mann, to discuss just a little bit of a background on both myself as well as Mikey's background and dive in a little bit about what it's like with the Gym Life culture and what to expect in future podcasts. I know. Thank you, thank you, thank you, <laughs> thank you. The
1: first gym podcast. I'm gonna
0: put this over first here. First gym podcast. Yeah, absolutely. Welcome to Gym Life, episode one. My name is Mike Macerlane, president, co-owner of Gym Supplement Science. With me is my colleague, our senior media director, Mike Yeel. Man, Mikey, <laughs> welcome.
1: What's going on, guys? It's uh, Michael, just spelled uniquely.
0: It's Mike Eel. <laughs> it's uh, it's M I K E A L. Yep. Uh, Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. It's not, yeah. I've been called Russian sometimes. We just call him
0: Mikey. (laughs) Well, welcome guys. Welcome. So listen, this is, uh, our first ever, uh, podcast that we're doing. Um, kind of random. We just, uh, had the podcast room set up and I think this morning there was real no plan to do this, but I said, what the heck, let's just go ahead and just get started. The plan was always just to have the gym life podcast. So what is the gym life podcast as my phone rings? Um, it's it's kind of raw and real. Well, so here's here's the reality of it all. So uh, obviously, Jim Supplement Science is a supplement brand founded by Dr. Jim Stepani, my business partner, as well as myself back in two thousand and thirteen. Uh, and you know, since then, there was kind of a philosophy that we always had here, Jim uh, Supplement Science, which is uh, number one, do the right thing, uh, which means doing the things that you don't necessarily want to do each and every day. And Jim and I decided to build a business out of that philosophy. And the philosophy was that, the supplement industry really needed something more, um, something that people could look at in terms of credibility, transparency, uh, and products that they could uh, trust as well. It created from a supplement guru and a, and a formulator such as Jim who really understood the differences between what works and what doesn't. So at that time, uh, we'll get into the history here, a little bit of the background. But the Jim Life podcast, what is the Jim Life podcast? You know, we have a very good atmosphere here. We have a good culture at the offices, at the gym headquarters in Westlake Village, California, Um, and extends out to you, to the audience, to the people from at the top, from gym, myself, down on through the organization and out onto the consumers who uh, buy into the philosophies, the products and the services that we offer. And what we've found is that, you know, we've really opened up our doors to some of the community around us, Um, you know, locally here, as well as people when they come in and, Uh, We've had, Mikey will tell you, we've had a lot of people who've, uh, you know, kind of joined the team unofficially and they just love the culture. And, you know, we all live this lifestyle. You know, every single person here at the offices not only just works here because, you know, they need a job, but they really are here because they love the lifestyle. And so the gym life is really descriptive in the sense of doing the right thing in all aspects of your life. Which means you're going to have success. You're going to find happiness. You're going to find value. Um, supplementation, fitness, and everything else—those are just kind of the um, the confetti on the cake, if you will—that make everything else better. So, a lot of things to expect out of this podcast are just you know random banter about stuff that goes on in the office. We might get uh, philosophical for you, for those of you listening, for those of you join us. You might get a little bit of preview of some things uh, that maybe not everybody else is going to until a certain time. So yep. with that, um, Mikey, anything on, on what we can expect out of this podcast? Cause I think it's gonna be you and I doing most of the hosting, right? <laughs> yeah, we'll definitely. have some special guests and people coming in. Uh, we have a lot of people who come in here that people just don't really know that we have some, some pretty high profile people who pass through these halls. And I told them, I said, once we do this, um, cause uh, you kind of come in here, you take all of our product for free uh, it's going to come with some type of, uh,
1: terms and conditions. Exactly. <laughs> You're
0: sitting your ass in one of these chairs and, and chatting with us about things. So everybody always asks me, I mean, I think the biggest question is, you know, how, how'd you guys start? How'd you guys get this business? How, and you know, I have a, I have kind of a a, a unique story, which I can get into. Um, but realistically what it comes down to is just putting your shoes away in the damn closet every day. That's how it's you find bed, success, right? right? Yeah. Yep. Make your bed. Do the things you can control. And so part of my philosophy on life as well as business and success, however you want to define that. And I personally define success not necessarily as money and things, but happiness, right? We could have a successful business here. And and Mikey knows this better than anybody because he's been with me, you know, one of the longest ones that we've had here at the organization. Um, Started when he was real young. Is, I mean, do you like coming into work every day? It's not work. It's not work.
1: It's being with the family, you know, and you exactly. guys get to do cool stuff while you're here. So.
0: Yeah, it, it it truly is, and I think that that's really the definition of of happiness and success is finding that balance to where you 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 work, yes, and you figure out ways and to monetize your work, but if you're not enjoying it, then what the hell is the point? Um, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about ways in which people are always trying to find that, and especially nowadays, I think with the situation the world is and, you know, kind of like this post COVID world that we're living in, you know, a lot of people are dealing with things very differently. Um, they're finding ways in which they can even work in a different environment um, and just do the circumstances that are out of their control. The, the unique thing about the human being is that they can always adapt. And, uh, but having the good mindset about how you adapt and how you deal with that thing is probably the most important thing. So we'll get into all that, um, but first things first, let's just kind of tell you a little bit about ourselves. So uh, I would like to ask Mikey Mann if he could, Mikey, why don't you tell us a little bit of your background, how you kind of came to be, who you are today, which is in my opinion, a, one of the most valued uh, people we have at the organization. And I don't say that lightly. Um, it. Mikey is probably my go-to on just about anything. Even if I forget my wallet or I need something off my computer, he's my first call. Um, the most reliable person I can ever meet. Um, and I would honestly say the most valued person in my opinion. Uh, one of the most value, everybody's valued, but Mikey is one of those guys who everybody goes to when they need something done and the willingness that you always say, uh, to get things done, you are certainly a big part of the mortar that holds the bricks of this organization together. So tell us a little bit about you, Mikey.
1: Well, geez, quite the introduction. Uh, Yeah. um, Well, I started when I was like you said, young.
0: Why don't you tell me about the first time you and I actually met? I think it was in my garage, right? Yeah, we were actually drunk in my uh, garage, if I remember it correctly. Oh no,
1: (laughs) if you remember it correctly, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you got you were making uh, my brother in law do uh, a bench press.
0: Well, it was a bar, (laughs) so it was one of those bars, guys. It was actually it was called um, uh, the Tough Grip Barbell. It was one of the ones that has the different grip positions, but the handles on it, he he was in a unique position, and he unracked it, and you know we're all you know, having some beers in the garage. And my, I didn't even know who he was. Really. I just remember this young kid over there and he had his phone or something like that. And so my buddy's on the bench and he, I don't know, it was like maybe like 250 pounds or so. And he was laughing we were we we're all drunk and we were just videoing him you know, screaming. I'm like, get up the way. Get up. And you could see the bar was literally like just crushing.
1: It's yeah, While you're saying you're wasn't not my safe. friends at the same yeah, time. Script,
0: it was just, it was pretty <laughs> funny. We actually have, it. we'll, we'll have to find a clip of that. Somewhere. I know we have it. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, we got we somewhere. can definitely find it. But that was my first, that was my first, uh, I think, meet and greet with Mikey. And then um, you can finish the story. Sorry to cut in, but then, was all good, yeah. you know, so how it came to be that Mikey started working here at the organization was um, I was actually eating sushi and, uh, and we were having a big you know, party thing, having a sushi dinner. And I was really in need, you know, when Jim and I first started, um, I was always in need of a videographer and I was basically the videographer. So I was the guy who first was holding all the cameras uh, for for Jim when we shot our first videos. Mikey likes to laugh because (laughs) in some of the videos I had my thumb over the microphone um, and so if, if you guys saw the original videos of Jim talking about why he started gym supplement science and you know, the difference between a pre-workout scoop with like a big scoop, of, it's kind of funny. Cause that was me holding the camera. So the the cameras god awful. And then at even some point, like my thumb was over the microphone and then I would do the editing too. So I would go down, Jim and I would shoot, I'd get the stuff, I'd bring it back and I'm like, ah, oh, motherfucker. Like I just I put my thumb over the, you know, the microphone so you could yeah. barely hear it. But it worked, right? And so I think at that point it was, it was understood. Jim and I were like, dude, we need a video guy. Mm-hmm. And so I was telling my buddy who happened to be Mikey's uh, a former brother-in-law. And he's like, dude, I got, I, I got a guy. I'm like, who is this kid? And that's uh, so how I met you. Yeah, and then so then
1: uh, I went down and uh, I said, okay, I, I'm not so much, I didn't go to school for this, right? I, I knew tech greatly from my, my backgrounds. I, was, I went to college for CIT. Uh, computer information tech but uh, at the time I was that was my passion but I knew I could tell a story and uh, video production was something I kind of could learn because you know tech always speaks to me in different ways to where I can kind of understand it documentation easy to read um, my mind just kind of works like that so right. I said all right yeah uh, let me put something together for you and see what you think because you know I'm not going to say that I'm the best videographer but I know how to try really well hard.
0: coming from my editing skills what I thought you sent over <laughs> it was like it was like some, you know, Sony production yep. from my standpoint, like, oh my <laughs> God, it was just like, look at these transitions. It's not. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I used a lot of uh, Christopher Nolan as inspiration. Um. So funny enough, we, I filmed actually Molnar in that video. And if you remember that, it was that.
0: And just so you know who Molnar is, for those of you who don't know. So Molnar is Mikey's uh, best yeah, friend. Yeah, childhood best friend. Childhood yeah, best North friend. Five, yeah. Um, so all the video media that we do now, Molnar is doing
1: yep, pretty a much. large yeah.
0: part of the editing, the shooting and the content creation. So yeah. anyway, as you were.
1: Yeah. So, uh, so I, I call Molnar first thing. I'm like, Hey buddy, I got this opportunity. Uh, can you do me a favor and can I film you in your garage? Like doing pushups? We just started working out at a local uh, body right. exchange in the area and we were starting to into fitness and he was like, Oh, okay. I had no idea who Jim was. I didn't even know who you were really. Uh, I did my homework that night and kind of started figured things out. And uh, I put stuff together with a couple of buddies. I had a girl Hannah that I was uh, knew as a friend, and we went down to like, I remember we went into this wash with like a bunch of graffiti on it, and I was trying to get some like interesting different shots. And this is all shot in a day. I just from from like mid afternoon till the night. We went to a wash and see me. We went to the local high school I went to in Royal High School. Filmed some stuff doing like pull ups on a uh, a soccer goal. Yeah. Uh, just anything I could do going to bleachers, you know, something just anything I, embodied fitness I can think of edited that night, didn't stop to like two o'clock in the morning. And then I think the next time you're available is a couple days later and then showed it to you. And I just remember like it being the longest five minutes of my life because you were like, you just were attentive. You were quiet the whole time. And I didn't know if that was a good or a bad thing.
0: And or when you're watching something, you know, yeah, when it's,
1: someone it's else is good. watching your yeah. work and you know, yeah. you know, it's not like you're not the best at it. Right. But you're just like, okay, I poured everything I could in this thing. And we'll see what he, see what he thinks. You're like, all right, yeah, it's good. Uh, but we'll work on it. So went forward and started to work for you from then on on workout trainer and publishing content. And I, it went from zero to hundred real fast. And started, you started putting me on stuff like right away. What'd you think it was like shooting with Jim for the first time? Jim was crazy. Like I've never seen someone off the cuff like that where, you know, you think of someone when it comes to video media, you think immediately, okay, there's a script. There's, you know, something to follow. It's reading line by lines. It's just kind of the basis of what your mind goes to, you know, we've all seen cinemas. Uh, and this is funny. Like you ask him a question and his mind is like an encyclopedia, I you know right. it's just, he just ran for it for like 10 minutes and then some of those videos had to be cut down because it was almost so long, but it was great information to right. the point where we can cut up one recording into like six pieces of content. Right. Um, and yeah, dude, we just room like content machines? And I think with that kind of created me and crafted me into this person that I could film, a, a plethora of stuff. And then I learned a skill to where I could take these nuggets of information as you would call them aha moments. And we started to make really, really good educational content out of like a single day of shooting. Yes. Those days were like, you know, five, six hours or whatever. Cause we we're just rolling, but we
0: had, yeah, but we them. would shoot like eight or 10 videos. Yeah, It was a day. crazy. Yeah. yeah.
1: And most people would go, what you, you filmed eight videos. It's like, yeah, obviously they weren't like, there's not a bunch of props set up or extras or anything, but no, we're shooting, we're, school, cool we're educating house. people, you know, we're educating people. It's, right. it's, well, for
0: those of you who actually yeah. know some of the video stuff, if you want to look back on the way back machine, you just go back on YouTube or look at any of the media that we've done with Jim and he would be shooting in his pool house. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's when, you know, I was basically standing on a squat rack because it was like a, you know, I mean, Jim's pool house was no bigger than I think this room and he had an entire gym in there. So you literally would walk in the door underneath the power rack where the squat, you know, where he would squat and stuff. super
1: cramped. Yeah. <laughs> so we, tripod in there was like impossible. It was a
0: wide lens. I think we used to kind right. of maximize the efficiency of the space, but yeah, I mean, that's how it, that's how it started. Yeah. You know, raw.
1: just all natural lighting and all the helicopters and crows you could yeah. possibly
0: get the and sirens. Jim's yeah. like proper LA. So, I mean, there's no soundproofing in there. No. So you get like the ghetto bird above, you oh, know, yeah. and it's like, you know, oh, they must be looking for somebody and you'd hear the sirens and stuff, but we just winged it. It's, I always felt that having the authenticity behind, you know, just having a conversation with somebody kind of like what we're doing now is what people really want, you know? Um, and so I think that was the approach that we always took, although it's changed a little bit since then, Mm -hmm. but we still, I personally think that it's just much more appealing to people when you can just be off the cuff. Um, I think that truth these days and, um, trust is a rare thing. And so I think, people are more apt to understanding where you come from when things aren't scripted, um, kind of like what it is now. If you just speak from the heart, you speak about uh, what you know, as far as, it, you know, take supplementation. I think that it came off really well with Jim, especially in the early days, because people could see that authenticity, that it was just like sitting down in his front yard, having a conversation with him. And realistically, that's, that's what it was, is that, you know, I'll give you a little bit of my background in a second here, but I always thought that if people could witness what I'm witnessing in the same capacity in the same environment, cause I look, i mean, I, I knew, I didn't know supplements, but I was a kinesiology and sports medicine major in college, which I'll get into in a sec. And so it's not like I was an uneducated guy in the fitness space, but when it came to supplementation, I was, and I had a long history in it and you know but i had the opportunity to sit down with jim and, and listen to some of the things that he said and it took a long time for them to make sense to me and so once it did i'm like gosh man if other people could just hear it the same way that i heard it right there we got something and i think that's what was so easy about it was we presented that exact situation and environment to where he would be able to explain something that just made sense to you know anybody who wanted to train mm, so, yeah, yeah. So let me ask you a question. So after you started shooting, because, you know, you weren't a real big workout guy, or were you?
1: I was, like, just in the beginning. I wasn't, I didn't have nearly the knowledge that you guys have given me today. But I was, like, just, I was a normal, just kid trying to figure it out in high school. You know, I was just fresh out of high school that played soccer that was, like, you know, a buck 30. Didn't have much muscle mass, but I could sprint really fast. That was kind of my go-to. I was known as a fast kid. I wasn't the strong one, you know.
0: So as far as, like, this whole gym life type of thing, I mean, what impact? Because the reason why I only bring this up is where I'm going with this is just, you know, me is a little bit different as an owner, um, as somebody who kind of founded the company. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think from the, from the outsider standpoint, looking in, obviously there's going to be bias in terms of, of course, you know, you, yeah. the, you had a self-serving interest to start this brand. And, um, but for somebody who didn't, didn't right. Mm-hmm. But to be bought in as much as you are, what's the one thing I think that's different about this gym life culture we're trying Mm -hmm. to create here, then maybe might be somewhere else. I mean, like what, why did you buy in so hard, Mm -hmm. um, to where you're still here? Gosh, was it seven, eight years later? Um, and I hope you kind of want to stay a little bit longer.
1: Yeah, Yeah, of course it's, uh, I mean, one word values, you know, it's what are your values your company ethos is like, what do you guys stand for? And what does the brand stand for? And it's, when you're inside the four walls here, it's, you it really kind of comes to life in the mornings. It's a simple things so when like, you know, Hey guys, you know, pounding on the window, jolting you up and you're like, Hey Mike, what's going on? And you're just, you know, talking about, the usually guy. that's
0: me or I throw a hundred
1: percent. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or you throw throwing a water jug at PK, poor guy, uh, a yeah. graphic designer. But, um, yeah, it's just the, it's not so much like the flair of it. It's the, it's the education, the values that resonate with me as a person and an in- individual, um, And it just like, it's a, it's a safe place. You know, it's, you can, you can make mistakes. You can, like I said, I had no business being a video guy, but it became one under you guys letting me become one. Right. Um, I got muscle because you helped me get muscle, you know, and it's, uh, and you guys are more than willing to always help. Like, I'll be like, Hey Mike, I need help on a squat. You're like, Oh dude, of course. And then you'll tell me what I'm doing wrong. like an idiot. I'm like, Oh dude, don't do that. Stop. You're going to
0: not so much. Now I think Mikey's kind of got me beat. I mean, (laughs) I'm like the broken down guy around here now.
1: Uh, you know, know. you still, but you're still doing well, dude. Yeah, every still-
0: now and then, but it's not like you know, I'm lifting power racks off the ground with bands Putting anymore. Bands right? on yeah, there. We're not doing yeah. that anymore. <laughs> there was an episode in which I got stuck, just so you guys know. So back in you the know. day, there, you know, uh, we we use a lot of the bands because we'll get into that in another episode about why they're so good. But I've been known to kind of scream from you know we have we have a gym uh, in in the offices here, and we always did. So even when in the early days when we just had. A very small space. One one big part of that was uh, the gym. That's where we actually used to shoot a lot of the content. So it went from Jim's pool house to where Jim and I were actually flying back from London um, on a show, and or you know from a show. And I just told him like, dude, we got to get out of your pool house, bro. I'm like, you know, we need we need like an actual facility. Studio. And, yeah. And so we so I built one up here in Westlake. It was the original one. Uh, we only about seventeen hundred square feet. Yeah, and so we've got all this equipment from body solid fitness factory. Anybody who's looking, and this is not a plug because they're sponsored not by. sponsored by sponsored <laughs> by no, but it's just the truth because, uh, you know, Stuart Glenn is a good buddy of mine. He owns fitnessfactory.com, uh, body solid. And so their equipment, it, we've always used it, you know, in, in my own personal, uh, home gym at home and Jim's personal home gym. And then all the equipment here that we use, it was provided by them and just a great relationship. So, We had this power rack and I would set up the bands and everything, you know, to squat with the bands. And back in the day, you know, before my bad knees took hold of me and all that stuff, I'll get back. But uh I literally unracked the bar from the power rack and I had the bands anchored to the actual bottom of the power rack and it lifted fucking power rack up. And I had like, I don't know, it was like I think I had like three fifteen on the bar, so I had three plates on either side, plus like
1: the thick bands. The th- th- yeah, bad, like, like two thirty pounds. Yeah. was like, it was and it
0: lifted stupid. the whole rack up, and so I'm stuck. I couldn't. Go- I remember his Help <laughs> I couldn't rack it. Yeah, I'm like sitting there, and I'm like, I can't rack this thing. So, uh, yeah. We got
1: like, the sandbags now.
0: Yeah, and so we we put sand- <laughs> we put sandbags on the rack to hold it down from future encounters like that. So. But that's you know, but but that's the fun part about it is having those stories, having those things to where, you know, the 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 greatest thing for me was I'll give you a little bit of my background real quick after we let Mikey finish. Was culture is everything in life, Um, and the only thing that you can't really get back out of life is time, right? And so if you're going to be spending time in the majority of your time working to try and provide an income to where you can have things in life where you're you know, uh, you know, having a life, you know, everybody wants that American dream. I'm really big on capitalism around here. So I believe in the American dream. I believe that everyone should have the opportunity to pursue things that make them happy. And obviously part of that is owning a home or having a family and, you know, maybe not for everybody, but large in part, I think those are things that are important. And, um, so in doing that, you have to work to get those things. But in doing the work, I really think it's important that you enjoy the process of what you do, and so that's what we've tried to create here. That's a culture that we want to create here. So hopefully, we've done that for you, Mikey. So now, so now that you kind of have grown here into this guy who is pushing the sled in the uh, um, in the gym there with what'd you say the other day? Five plates, yeah, it's so- five
1: forty pound, uh, forty five pound plates, and then our. Uh, leader of me, uh, marketing Luke Thompson. We put him on there as well as Molnar, and they're you know they're like a, you know about two hundred pound dudes, and uh, he's
0: pretty proud of himself. He was push monster. I'm like dude pushing something this way versus pushing <laughs> anyway. I'm just kidding.
1: No, it, it's tough. It was tough, but uh, it's like my go to cardio these days. It's just I, I can't think of anything else that really gases me as fast. So we're like, hey, let's do something stupid. Let's see if we can yeah. do it, and just you know pushing boundaries and limits, and uh, we were able to do it. Actually, all of us. We just kind of rotated on the weight and like every, each one of us is pushing each other and just, you know, it's kind of a fun little bro moment type thing. But.
0: So what does the gym life thing mean to you now? Since obviously I, I may have asked this question earlier, but going from the kid who was just kind of like being introduced in the fitness culture and all that, yeah. and now you're immersed in it.
1: Yeah. I mean, know? it's dude, it's, it's everything. It's I now, i went from being a kid at the organization to having one. So it, being healthy and being able to have energy to not only work and grind and logically tax yourself all day but still come home and have energy to still play with your daughter you know that's big to me i don't want to be that dad that's like puts his bag down and like all right sorry honey i gotta go to bed i can't do that um so the supplements the knowledge about you know proper training not you know breaking my arm while i'm in there (laughs) doing something stupid uh you know that's invaluable you You
0: think the products help
1: i know the products help (laughs) dude Oh man, without, without pre that's my coffee, you know, yeah, but also with, too. it's, it's coffee with extra benefits, you know, right. you got the nootropics in there and all that fun stuff. And it's just, uh, dude, it's, yeah, it's changed. It's changed how my body, uh, just works. The engine is different with supplements that I take. Again, it's not the be all end all it's supplementing your food. Yeah. Yes. But it's the extra edge that I feel is vital.
0: Anything from. Yeah from this culture we create here that's kind of like uh transcended into your personal life with family friends things oh, like oh dude that. i've gotten
1: like six of my buddies to get in shape too like on the weekends we'll bring him in here my brother is one of them uh you know shout out to jake man but uh will uh yeah we'll come in here and i'll put them through a gym spawning program they think it's my mentality that's doing it i'm like no dude i just i have a guy that just knows what right. he's doing um and you know they'll, they'll shout at me and call me names and stuff like that because they're miserable. But then the next day like, Hey man, that was actually really cool. Thank I'm, I've right. never been that sore or I've never had that much fun and, and enjoyment out of lifting. And when you have a program to follow and you have supplements to take to reinforce those programs, yeah. it's, it's magic.
0: Yeah. Well, and that, and, and, and that was kind of a leading question, I suppose, is that look guys, you know, for anyone who's, who's listening or anyone who potentially listens to this is that the culture is something that is, is within, you know, I think that no matter what business you're in, it can go downhill really quick um if you don't have that right culture that vibe i guess right yep. and to me that's probably about 60% of the success that we try to thrive on in this in this business is the culture if you it, it you know i i i played sports i played co- uh, uh, collegiate football went on as well i hurt my knee i'll give you guys a little quick update on that too I keep telling them things I'm going to get into and then I'm just not doing it. So that's kind of fun. Um, but uh, it's like that's a sports true. team, man. You know, the difference between the guys at the top, like in professional football and the ones who win versus the ones who don't, it comes down to the inspiration that is broadcast via the coach and the players, right? And you just kind of feel the energy in the room. Like, you know, when you go into your pregame speech and you kind of come out, it's the ones that, you know, you feed off the energy and how you respond to that adversity. So both teams come out, they're fired up, you know, and then one team just scores opening kickoff. It's called setting the tone, mm-hmm. right? And every single morning, you know, I think about trying to set a tone, set a tone with uh, the organization and we've had some down times. Um, yeah, yeah, I think yeah. Mikey's seen, uh, the majority of that stuff. And, uh, And it changes, you know, the success that you have out there. And I think that part of this whole gym life culture that I'm talking about this podcast and all the other things that we're trying to do to uh, project what goes on inside these four walls out to you guys. It really comes down with, you know, the heart, the mind and, and the energy that you project out to your surroundings and your environment. And, you know, you can't take something bad that happened at work with you at home. It's going to affect you there, too. So I think that for me, the most important thing, especially about keeping good people like Mikey around and others, is to make sure that when they go home, they're high on positive vibes and that they come home with a good taste in their mouth. It's going to reinforce them with their family, their friends to be like, gosh, man, you really must love what you do. And that's really what it is. And so... An example of that is, you know, we have the gym here, um, which, you know, is kind of uh, le- leftovers of, of what we used to use as a studio. Now, Stepani has his own uh, private studio down in Hollywood. That's his domain. So the majority of all the shooting with Jim goes down there. So realistically, it's like, well, what do we do with our facility up here? Right. And so what I've done is I've really opened it up to where not just as an, an employee benefit of working here and you know establishing people and fitness and, and and working out, but also, as I mentioned early on, the community of people. And I think that there's been a large group of people, the majority of uh, colleagues and personal friends and community uh, members around the area Westlake Village to come out and have like a normal place to train, but they also get a great environment to where it's just fun and what you see is you just see a constant flow as i'm looking over the window here people going in and out and these are just people who just like the vibe here they come in they get to try the products most of them are all taking the products and there are few of them are just like they're sold on it i mean they're like this is changing my life um and so that's what we want to talk about that, those are some of the things that we're going to get into over uh the future of the these podcasts and things like that so um, we're good, Mikey. So you feel pretty good about doing this now?
1: Yeah, this is awesome, man. This is going to be a cool, cool little medium to
0: It'll investigate be
1: and play with and, you know, get some messaging out there in a different way.
0: I think so too. So I'll give you guys a little bit of background on me if you don't, you know, uh, know already. Um, so I started gosh in fitness when I was like about 13. And I think that's what really stems from I'm, I'm, I'm a, uh, I'm a grunt from uh Originally from a little town, and the reason why I tell you this is because I think it's important. A lot of people use their background, a lot of people use where they came from as as um, something to where it's an excuse to to not be able to get where they're going. And so, looking at that, I think it's important for you guys to understand. I'm a freaking desert rat from a hill in this little town called Yucca Valley you know, I used to cry when I was 13 years old because I would be stuck on this hill with nothing but dirt roads around me and mountains. And I would see down into the, the, the town there. And, um, and I'd be like, gosh, you know, other kids have like neighborhoods and streets to ride their bikes on. I'm like, if I want to ride my bike, I got to ride around a dirt hill and then I got to push it up the hill. And so I wanted nothing more than to get off of that hill, you know, my brother and I, and, um, so fortunately, we had some supportive parents and, and we worked really hard to kind of get off that hill. And it led me down to this area. Uh, I played football in high school. Um, fitness was a big part of that. So I was involved in this great strength program, uh, got introduced to at like, you know, 12, 13 years old when I started playing football. And uh, fundamentals of strength and physical exercise was just a very important part in in my road to try to be a a good uh, football player. And so um, that more than anything was something that I globbed onto because at the time I was undersized. And so having a good foundation and, you know, learning how to squat and bench and do power cleans and deadlift, which was, you know, a bigger, faster, stronger BFS program was what I got introduced to. And that led me into college. And so I had a great high school career, Um, played linebacker, and uh, so I like to hit things. I found it easier to kind of tackle the guy with the ball. Um, and so that, that led me to a college football career. I had a couple different options to come out of high school, um, elected to come down here. I went to uh, uh, California Lutheran University, um, and, which is a, a Division three program. And I uh, had some opportunities to go to some other places, but uh, coming out of such a small town, places like San Diego State and some of these other you know, opportunities I had to go play, they were just a little scary to me um so i i I had a comfort zone there my brother was actually two years ahead of me he played ball down there and so i went down there and uh, they told me i'd start right away and so kind of earned my spot but i was a sports medicine major Uh, then i picked up a second major my uh, junior year when i freaked out and i said wow if I'm going to be a sports medicine and be an athletic trainer, um, I kind of looked at the salaries that they were getting paid. No, nothing no disrespect, but it was just something I'm like, wow, it, 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 it's, it's tough, right? It's tough, especially if you live in California to kind of have a career at that, and it's a long time before you can really make something out of it. So took on the second major, uh, majored in kinesiology, sports medicine, played football. I was the, uh, at that school, they didn't have a ton of athletic trainers for each department. So what they would do is um, uh, the the students in kind of the the top students in each class, they'd give a team to. So played football in the fall. And then when basketball came around, they needed an athletic trainer for basketball. And so what they would do, so I, I was the student head athletic trainer for the basketball program, as well as the men's baseball program. So I had a chance to work with a bunch of different athletes um, outside of my own craft, which was obviously football. So I went from you know, taping the guy's ankles to making sure that they didn't get hurt to when they did get hurt. I do the injury assessment and then I do the post rehab. And then the unique thing about where I was at was because I was a kinesiology major too. Um, I would work with them in the strength room. And so I was really all encompassing everything from, you know, athlete getting prepared for the sport that they love to the, if they got injured, keeping them strong. And then if they got injured, doing post rehab. So I had a very unique experience about working with athletes and I gravitated towards that um, and that just led me on my path and so I always had an idea about what to do in terms of fitness and making things really easy especially for people who were looking for like workout components and fitness programs and so I started writing fitness programs uh, for my athletes and even for myself in college and that and I would just that manifested into what we literally have today because I just found that, well, what easier way to try and get workout programs across to people than through this new thing called the internet? You know, this was back in 2000, 2001. And uh, so I actually teamed up with my childhood friend, my best friend from childhood, James Card. Shout out to Jimmy. He'll be on eventually at some point. I'm sure that'll be an episode.
1: Yeah, that's going yeah, <laughs> to be a long
0: one. <laughs> yeah, oh, gosh, it'll be entertaining to say the least. But He was a tech guy. And I'm like, hey, dude, I got an idea. So, you know, why don't we start creating this this website where people can go and get workout programs online? It had never been done before. Websites were just starting to come into, you know, existence back then. And, uh, you know, very quickly, not to go into too much detail, because I'm a detail guy, Mikey will tell you. never. No, I don't take up any oxygen in the room. But I went ahead and um, uh, I, I was working out every day and doing this on the, you know, moonlighting. And then once I graduated college, I tried to uh, have a short stint and run at some of the pro leagues. And, um, you know, ended up, I tore my ACL in college. Um, My junior came back and then uh, after college, I wanted to continue to try and play ball. So I was bouncing around. I went to some of the NFL open combines and uh, got an invitation to go down with the uh, Los Angeles Avengers, which was the uh, arena football league in LA and uh, so i went down there and, uh, and first day um, you know so they were they're you know giving everybody an open tryout and end up reterminating my my acl and so i'm like you know, I, can't, you know I, I i don't know this this doesn't look like it's a path for me i want to get a real job so at that time i was actually uh, i was i was personal training as well at a local 24 hour fitness and um, trying to build this website thing and trying to do the football thing so i always had a lot going on and I just met this guy in the gym and he said, Hey man, you know, what are you doing? He really liked my training style I was doing a lot of stuff with the bands and all that. And uh, long story short, he happened to be the publisher at muscle and fitness magazine. So I was 22 and, uh, and this guy, his name was Liah Clark. Um, just a, a phenomenal individual. And he just really gravitated towards, I think our personalities. And he said, you know, how would you like to have a job at the magazine? I, I don't you know. I'm, what's that? <laughs> you know? I'm a, I, I want to go be a coach or be a strength coach. And so that led me to the job at muscle and fitness. And that's how I met Jim. And, um, you know, it's interesting because, so I was doing a lot of stuff at the magazine. Um, I was hired on the publishing advertising side. And from there, it just always, I was working on this website thing with workout programs. And I was always like, man, you know, like, why don't they do more with their website you know, for years I was doing that because everything was focused around print, you know, the magazines. And that's how I met Jim because Jim was writing all the content. So every time you'd see a workout program or you'd see anything about supplementation, it was always Jim was the one who was writing all that stuff. And so first time I met Jim, uh, you know, it was just he was the in-house expert, the, the, the senior science editor, the, the former research scientist from Yale, you know. And honestly, I was like, he's a nerd. You know, <laughs> he would come in. You'd never knew for six years. I didn't even know Jim had a tattoo. So he used to wear long sleeve shirts with the collar and slacks and all that. And you couldn't even tell I me mean, he looked very academia. And, um, but yeah, so I, I, just figured out that I would work with all the supplement brands that were advertising the magazine. So, um, you know, the, the Gaspari's, the muscle techs, the optimums, um, BSN, uh, MRI, ProLab, yeah, pro lab and, you know, you, I go down the list, any supplement company that existed and still is in existence from like 2002 to even today up at, you know, I pretty much worked with a lot of those brands until we started our own. Um, and, uh, so I just realized that what the component that was missing from what we were doing down at muscle and fitness was the education about how to get information that was trying to be written about in the magazine put to an online component to where now my generation was more apt to go on this internet mm-hmm. and get information. You know, I wouldn't go, you know, I always, Mikey knows this. I'd always use a story of muscle and fitness. It's like, you can go into any gym in America and say, Hey, does anybody know what muscle and fitness is? Yeah. When was the last time you read it? Ooh, I don't know. Yep. You know? So, um, that was essentially the brand integrity in the fitness industry and, um, for, for muscle and fitness. And so I'm like, it needs to be changed. We need to kind of have a new medium where we present content and information. Jim was a big part of that. And so that's where it led to Jim and I just having multiple conversations over the years about, you know, what was missing and lagging. And I just proposed, I'm like, look, dude, you know, it, I, I got the opportunity to try and recreate these websites online and, um, would you want to do a video series? And that's when we started off with his first ever video series, Muscle and Fitness Raw, uh, which was the first time somebody uh, went on camera to explain from a scientific level that was described to where people could understand it, you know, how to properly do a bench press, you know, um, and, and, and what supplements were and why protein's a good idea to take them. And so from there, it just kind of, it, it, it took off. And that led to Jim and I doing more stuff to where the website I was working on my own when back in college, led to be uh, part of the platform that we use for muscle and fitness. So essentially when you would read a, a, an article in muscle and fitness and say, Hey, here's the workout, the downloadable version was my intellectual property that I own, but then I licensed it to muscle and fitness so that they could use it. Um, And then it was basically get the workouts on your phone now. Um, And that really served as the platform to where Jim and I partnered up on his website. And we built jimstepani.com, which is a membership website that allows you access to get all the Jim's workout programs. And we have hundreds of workout programs on there that are packaged up really nice. We have challenges. Thousands of people use it. And that's really the platform that a lot of this gym army that we created, the the consumers who consume our content, they just don't take the products, but they actually have, as Mikey said, a program to do. So that's what led Jim and I to kind of really do things together. And then we just saw great success at it. He started getting an astronomical amount of recognition because you have this guy who now after, you know, so many years was like this PhD in name only Jim Stepani recognized author. Now you see him and he's tatted and he's got, you know, freaking 19 inch arms and you're going, wow, that guy's a doctor. And so it really took off to where um, I think people gravitated towards this persona that they saw, but the dichotomy between him being a PhD, it caused a lot of curiosity. And um, so for many years, that's what we did at the magazine for 10 years together is we were just um, producing content specific to what workouts would be best. And then we were, and then my job was trying to, anytime that we talked about supplements or, you know, uh, products that could help enhance your results in the gym, I was working with all these other brands. And the problem was, is that Jim was like, dude, I wouldn't ever take any of these products. And I'm like, well, why not, bro? Like, this is a big brand. He's like, shit. What do you mean it's shit? It's like, it's not. He's like, look at it this way, man. He goes, if somebody said that drive my truck because it's four wheel drive and you get in it and there's no four wheel drive, that'd be false advertising. I'm like, yeah. He goes, well, that's a lot of the products that are in the market. Mm
1: -hmm. Proprietary blends, right?
0: That's right. I didn't even know what a proprietary blend was. And for those of you guys who don't, exactly, exactly. (laughs) No one did, right? So, and that's really what led us here is that. You know, I saw a condition that existed in the marketplace that was like people are getting screwed and I'm one of them,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and I think from consumers, it pisses you off when you feel like you're getting screwed and there's nothing you can do about it. You yep. just kind of hope somebody does. Right. It's kind of like what's going on right now. You know, we see all these things going around. And it's like, why doesn't somebody do something? My opinion is like, why don't you do something? Mm-hmm. So fortunately that's what happened is I sat down with Jim. He and I, I said, look, dude, like th- if this is pissing you off, it's pissing me off. All these products are in my supplement cabinet in my office at muscle and fitness. I'm not going to take anymore because you said they're all shit. What would you suggest I take? And he's like, well, give me this list and actually Lia Clark. The guy who hired me, uh, was, taking all of Jim's recommendations. I remember I went. I would go into Li's office, I'd be like, dude, he'd have like bags of stuff. I mean, literally, like, I'm like, what the, like he goes, oh, Jim's got me on this program. And I'm like, that's way too much shit, dude. Making I your own, right? Yeah, I'm like, I can't do that. Yep. And so finally, that just led to a, a, a long process of figuring out, well, why don't we just make our own or your own? Because mm-hmm. this is not my... I, couldn't tell you what went into a product back then. I was like, just tell me what to take. And I think from a consumer standpoint, that's what everybody wanted. Yeah. And specifically pre-workouts, the pre-workout category, it still is kind of shaky on some grounds, but back then it was pure shit. Mm. I mean, you're talking like it was drugs. That's what pre-workouts were. They were like a race to the bottom. And when I mean bottom, it was like, let's see how small we can get the scoop size <laughs> In other words, let's see how much less ingredients we can use in there. So we make so much more money when we're selling it for 30, 40 bucks and it costs you like two or three bucks to make it. I mean, these brands were killing it because mm-hmm. the consumers were led to believe like, oh, a pre-workout's like doing a bump or something like that. You know,
1: yep.
0: I can say bump, can I? Yeah, bump's fine. Okay. For those of you who don't know what bump is, basically it's like drug use. Okay. So it's like, if they want to get high, that's essentially what they were doing before they worked out. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I don't want to get high, you know. I wanna, I wanna work out. I want something that's gonna help me build muscle. And so that's where we uh, we figured it out in terms of the, what the formula would be. And I uh, partnered up with bodybuilding.com at the time in 2013. And it was just it was the right time. And I think that the industry was ready for something different, it was ready for something to be presented by somebody who actually knew what they were talking about. And it was my job to try and figure out how to make that work. But then more importantly, how to um, set up the right process to where Jim's information can be conveyed to the consumer, to where his message of telling me what to take in a private setting, we could then broadcast to the world in a way that they got it. Because a lot, I will say a lot of times Jim would go down a rabbit hole on things. I'm like, dude, I don't understand that at all. You know, like you're telling me that ingredients and scoop sizes, like, let's just talk about that. Mm -hmm. Let's just talk about that point first. Right. Right. So that's what kind of led us here, you know? Um, and so I think that that's where the story, um, you know, kind of started from and, 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 and it's a signal to where, you know, I knew one thing in terms of, um, uh, how to build this business is that people want more and they want authenticity in every aspect of their life, right? I think that society today and the culture is just so plagued with fake stuff. Like, is that person for real? And people trust, I always tell these guys, is that it's the hardest thing to gain and the easiest thing to lose, right? Because you try so hard to get somebody who actually believes you and you're reinforcing that belief, you're reinforcing that authenticity. But you could do something inadvertently um, not even purposeful mm-hmm. and you'll lose that trust. And then what starts happening is it's like, Oh, I know that person was full of shit. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. I knew it. I, knew it. I, I, cause everybody's got doubt about that, that person. Mm-hmm. Right. And I think that's kind of sad.
1: Yeah, it's very sad. I mean, you know, we, just, it's, 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 a strange world, man. It's, <laughs> you gotta almost walk a fine line these days and just, it's kind of a, a bad place to be in. It's just, you want to be as real as possible. But some right. people expect you not to be at all times, and they're like always looking for that thing, that's you know going to prove that their point was correct that you were not a true individual. Right? Jim suffers from that every day. Right? Right. He's got all the credibility in the world. You know, look at his freaking resume. It's it's a long one. Right. And they'll still try to say, "Oh, I knew it." I, I, this, this oh, study, I knew it was full of shit. Yeah. This, he was, this study, he's, changed al- what he he's, said he's 10 only years in it ago. to sell more product. That's what. Oh God, I it can't kills me. It. You know, it's like yeah, yeah science changes. You know, uh, and just because you know. He wrote something this long ago, and then there's stuff that's going against that theory, yet that theory wasn't totally proven yet either. Right. Then they're going to just go, oh, see, I knew he was wrong. Right. But science changes. It's a constantly changing medium. Right. Yeah. So to your point, it's it's, it's a strange world.
0: But that's the thing. I think that, you know, if anything, what I, my hope in, in this, not only podcast, but everything we do here is... Look, the one thing about fitness and the one thing about what we do, Mikey and I talk about it all the time and I talk about the team is this fitness thing's catching on. I think, you know, um Vince Andrich. Vince Andrich. <laughs> th- Vince is our chief brand officer. Is like he goes, I think fitness is catching on. But it, it unites people. That's the thing that I've you know, look, we had COVID this last year. The one thing I think that really at least happened here specifically is that we're doing like speakeasy training a little bit, right? You know, so people were still training doing these things, but it united a group of people where everything was just like, Oh man, it sucks. Everything's shut down. What I do. It was nice to have somewhere where there was, you know, a small group of people who, you know, were able to get together in a very safe and respectable way to where we weren't you know having issues pertaining to what was going on around us so we were taking precautions but it brought a group of people together mm-hmm. in a time where we really needed one another and that time in which we were training and that time in which we were doing things everything else that was out there in the real world trying to divide us fitness united us mm-hmm. and i talked a little bit about this with um uh you know uh, Jazz Kradalik, who's the CEO of bodybuilding.com, a former CEO of bodybuilding.com at the time. And we talked about that in great lengths because it was still important for us to try and maintain the business on both ends. And we went through a lot. And trust me, you guys are gonna get a lot more in future episodes about the trials and tribulations of gym supplement science and the stories. And the reason why I think it's important is because that is life. That is life. Life is about... Um, failure and how you come back from that failure and challenges it is not easy outsiders point of view looking in, even to this brand people think it's easy I think it's like oh wow it must be nice it must be nice to hear that all the time Mm -hmm. it's not all freaking you know lollipops and rainbows
1: Fail every day but we fail forward
0: every exactly exactly. exactly fail every day fall forward pick yourself up and then you're a step ahead and so I think that's one of the most important things is important to establish this gym life culture is to tell you guys, give you the inside look about what goes on here at Gym Supplement Science because it's what goes on in every industry. It goes on in every household. We're all the same and realistically, I think we are. And those are the things that we can find unity in. And a lot of times failures unite people. Fitness unites people and this brand definitely unites people. So, well, Mikey, I think we're extended on our on our time frame here. So, what do you think? Uh, we kind of try and wrap this up a little bit. I think there's a good kickoff. Yeah, definitely for what we're trying to do. I think future episodes, uh, Mikey and I will be back at it. I think he's gonna uh, if as long as Mikey's not pulled in nine different directions. I pulled him into this one randomly. I don't even think he woke up this morning knowing that he was going to be doing this. Did you?
1: Nope, not a clue. But we did it. We did it. And we just said
0: the hell with it. And that's my point.
1: We figured it out, right? We
0: figured it out. (laughs) That's my most favorite thing to say is figuring it out. So with that guys, I'll leave you with this. Listen, for the gym life, I would say that, you know, live life to the fullest every day. Always make sure you do the right thing. And what I mean by that is doing the things that you don't want to do. If you don't want to do the dishes, do them. If you don't want to make your bed, do it. If you don't want to put your shoes away, put them away. If you don't wanna wash your car, wash your car. If you don't wanna be nice to your kids, be nice to your kids. You don't wanna get in an argument with your spouse, don't get in an argument with your spouse. So doing the right thing are those small little things that we know that we can correct each and every day because I promise you, if you guys do that, it's gonna be something that's gonna manifest into something even bigger because it's like putting on weight. You can't squat 400 pounds if you've never lifted before, but if you just slowly increase the weight over time, eventually you'll step underneath that bar and you'll be slamming out of the hole racking that bitch up and you'll be stronger for it. Mike, anything you want to leave the guys with?
1: Uh, no, man, just looking forward to new content. Um, I guess should probably wrap up my story, huh? So now just so you guys know, I'm doing more of the senior video media stuff as well as some some programming as well. Um, get to use my actual school uh, skill set here. But uh, yeah, man, looking forward to making new creative experiences online for us and pushing the media forward and just making some more cool stuff.
0: Awesome, guys. Awesome. Well, listen, I appreciate it, Mikey. Thank you again for setting this up. If it wasn't for you, we wouldn't even be here. And until next time, guys, this is Jim Life. See you soon.